Welcome to the Daily Office Lectionary. I'm Father Reed. Today we're going to look at scriptures in the Daily Lectionary from Christmas Day and following. Christmas Day and following. Now look at the scriptures in this post. For those of you that are watching this video, this will be very easy for you. Or if you're getting ready to listen to it before you are in your car, or you're not looking at your phone, look at your phone and see the scriptures laid out. And you'll see something very different from normal practice. You'll notice that we have Christmas Day. Well, Christmas Day was earlier in the week. And I hope all of you had a blessed, blessed Christmas Day and a beautiful day of thanking God for the birth of Jesus Christ. You'll notice we have the first Sunday after Christmas, several scriptures there. And then we start with December 29th, which if you listen to this uh, program uh, when it drops on December 29th, you can see the scriptures that I'll be referring to, December 30th, 31st, Eve of the Holy Name. Now, the Holy Name is January the 1st. That's the day that they gave him the name Jesus. I talked about that uh, last time. And then we have the second Sunday after Christmas. So that means that in the liturgical season, depending on when Christmas Day is, sometimes you have two Sundays where it's after Christmas. Because then what we will do next week is look at the Epiphany and following. The Epiphany is on January the 6th. Okay, That is a movable date, but it's always on January the 6th. And then we look at January 2, 3, 4, 5, and then the Eve of Epiphany, which would be January the 5th, and then we have January the 6th. So because Christmas Day is December 25th and January the 6th uh, Epiphany is the Epiphany, um, that's where the Magi come and uh, give gifts to Jesus, uh, is on January the 6th. And those are movable dates in the calendar. Uh, sometimes it's just kind of uh, it takes a little to figure out um, how all these dates fit into the end of the season and the beginning of the season or the beginning of the year. But... Look at your listing of scriptures. There are a tremendous amount of scriptures here. Tremendous amount of scriptures. Obviously, we can't go through all of them. So let me just say right from the outset that please read these. You'll see that we've got Micah. We've got 1 Samuel. We talked about 1 and 2 Samuel last time. We've got 1 Kings. This time we've introduced 1 Kings. We've got Isaiah 65, Isaiah 62. Then we have 1 Kings 19, Joshua, and Jonah. And then Isaiah 66. I mean, that's a lot right there. Look at the New Testament listing. 1 John 4, Colossians, 2 John, 3 John, James, Revelation 21, Revelation 19, Colossians 3, Ephesians 4, Ephesians 5, and Ephesians 6, and Romans 15. Those are all fantastic scriptures, okay? And then finally... We're looking at Luke uh, chapter 2, remember, we, uh, and John chapter 2, John chapter 4, 5, uh, 6, 9, 11. So, some wonderful chapters in the book of John. Now, enjoy these chapters. If you have a commentary, or you have notes at the bottom of the page, or you have a study Bible, it's called a study Bible, it gives you more information, but just simply reading these, track these through the dates. You see December 29, 30, etc., as I said earlier. But let me go over these fairly quickly 
uh, with you and just give you a taste of these. But these are wonderful readings. I hope that you uh, end up your year well in the scriptures and that you're the beginning of your year, uh, the new year, goes well for you and that uh, you have a good season, a good year of uh, reading the scriptures on a daily basis. Okay, so we want to close out well. We want to close this year out well. We want to start the year well. And I hope that you'll continue your practice of reading the scriptures daily. And if this is a new thing for you, that you start the year well by having a practice of reading the scriptures. And this is one way that one can do that by having these set scriptures given to you or shown to you and shared with you on a weekly basis. Okay, let's proceed through. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 1 uh, is about um, uh, the desire of Hannah to have um, to have Samuel, to have a child, actually. She doesn't know what his name is going to be. And so the beginning of 1 Samuel is kind of the beginning of where we're going to introduce uh, the kings later on and the great David and the promise that we saw last week in 2 Samuel 7 that God makes to David, uh, to David regarding the Messiah. So that's going to start that process. In 2 Samuel 23 on December 29th, Let's look at that. 2 Samuel 23. 2 Samuel 23, 13 through 17b. Um, it's David's song of, uh, let's see, 2 Samuel 23. The last words of David. The last words of David, okay? And the greatness of David. Um, and so the 23rd chapter is a wonderful testimony to David and all he means to the messianic kingdom and the future of Israel. In fact, we still have the star of David on the Israeli flag. 1 Kings 17. 1 Kings 17, which follows 2 Samuel. 1 Kings 17, 17 to 24, is about uh, the story of Elijah and the widow at Zarephath. And verse, uh, let's see, verse 21, then he stretched out himself on the boy and cried to the Lord, O Lord, my God, let this boy's life return to him. The boy had died. This is a tremendous miracle of God, kind of foreshadows um, the resurrection power of Christ because we see both in Elijah's life and Elisha's life that they raise someone from the dead, just like Christ will. There are three instances in the, in the New Testament where Christ raised someone from the dead. First Kings chapter 3. First Kings chapter 3. And this is verses 5 to 14. 5 to 14. This is where Solomon asks for wisdom, and the Lord blesses Solomon. Now remember, Solomon is David's son, and uh, he asks for wisdom. And God grants him wisdom. So this is a very key verse in the Bible. He says in verse 12, I will give you what you asked. I will give you a wise and discerning heart so that there will never be anyone like you, nor will there ever be. So Solomon does very well for a while, but uh, in the end of his life, he does not do very well. So we have David in 2 Samuel. We have Samuel in 1 Samuel 1, Hannah. Samuel asking God for a son. We have 1 Kings chapter 3, where we see Solomon in his wisdom. Uh, in Isaiah 65, remember Isaiah has 60, <laughs> 66 chapters. This is the 65th chapter. 
verses 15 to 25. The wolf and the lamb lie down together, verse 25. The lion will eat straw like the ox, but dust will be the serpent's food. Remember, the, we talked about the serpent last week and from Genesis chapter 3 and Revelation chapter 12. They will neither harm nor destroy in all my holy mountain. So he's going to create a new heavens and a new earth in the very famous 65th chapter, verse 17. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Be glad and rejoice forever. So when we talk about the end, we talk about the coming, second coming of Christ. When we talk about the exalted Christ, the resurrected Christ, we are talking about someone that is going to establish the new heaven and the new earth. In 1 Kings 19, back to 1 Kings again. Again, this, this uh, series of scriptures this week is going to take you all over the Bible. 1 Kings 19, 1 through 8. This is Hezekiah. Uh, king Hezekiah was a great king. Uh, this is in the southern kingdom uh, with Judah. There were not many good kings uh, in the southern kingdom. There were no good kings in the northern kingdom, which we call Israel. They were deported by the Assyrians in 721, and the Babylonians deported the, uh, the, Judah, the uh, Israelis from Judah in 587. 1 Kings 19, 9-18, this is Hezekiah again. You alone are God over all the kingdoms of, of the earth. Uh, verse 15, you have made heaven and earth. Give ear, O Lord, and hear. Open your eyes and see. Listen to the words Sennacherib has sent to insult the living God. Now, O Lord, our God, deliver us from his hand so that all kingdoms on earth may know that you alone are Lord. So we are praising God. We are thanking God. We see the might of God. We're looking at the history of Israel in these uh, 1 Kings 19, 1, uh, 1 Kings 19 and, um, and what God has done. In Jonah chapter 2, remember uh, Jonah and the whale. Uh, Jonah is a minor prophet. And he is the one that was commissioned by God to go and preach to the people of Nineveh. And they he did not want to do that, so he ran away. And, but then he prays inside the fish <laughs> in chapter 2, 2 through 9. From the depths of the grave I've called for help, and you've listened to my cry in chapter uh, 2, verse 2. You have brought my life from the pit, O Lord my God, in 6b, chapter 2. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs, chapter 2, verse 8. Salvation comes from the Lord. Salvation comes from the Lord. Isaiah 66, again, I'm not looking at all the chapters. You have Joshua chapter 3 on January the 4th. We have the holy name of Jesus. You have back to Isaiah 62 again. Let's look at the great Isaiah 66, which I just referred to is the last chapter of um, Isaiah 18 to 23. Now we are looking at the end of uh, the end of Isaiah and a new heavens and a new earth. Remember we saw that in Isaiah 65. Look what he says in 22. As the new heavens and the new earth that I make will endure before me so that your name and descendants do endure from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, all mankind will come down and bow before me. Remember in Philippians, when we read from Philippians last time, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we see the bowing of people before God in the Old Testament, and we see the bowing of, uh, of Jesus. We see it in Revelation. 
the end of Revelation, and we see this in Philippians chapter 2. So there is the end. And of course, the great 24th verse, which is not listed there, is quite amazing. They will go out and look upon the dead bodies of those who have rebelled against me. Their worm will not die, nor will their fire be quenched, and they will be loathsome to all mankind. So you want to make sure that you repent before the Lord. Okay, and then now let's look at uh, James chapter 4, which is a wonderful scripture after Hebrews, James chapter 4, 13. James chapter 4, 13. Now listen, today or tomorrow we will go and do this or that city or spend a year here, carry on business and making money. Why do you not even know what will happen? Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. He says, what is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or do that. As it is, you boast and brag, all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought not to do, the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. So when you and I know what the right thing to do is and we don't do it, we have sinned against the Lord. This is December 31st. Revelation 21, the great Revelation 21, the last two chapters are so good because they're talking about the new Jerusalem in 21, a new heaven and a new earth. Remember, I talked about that in Isaiah 65 and 66. For the first heaven and the first earth, first earth have passed away. There was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, verse 2, chapter 21, Revelation. The new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed, for her husband. Go on from there. So we have Revelation 21. Then we have Revelation 19, 11 to 16. I love that scripture and because it's talking about Jesus on the white horse. I saw heaven standing open, verse 11, and there was before me a white horse whose rider is faithful and true. Read on. It's about Christ. Read on, it's about Christ. Back to Colossians chapter 3, 12 to 17. We've already made reference to chapter 1 of Colossians. Great scripture. 3, 12 to 17. Dearly beloved, clothe yourselves with compassion, verse 12. Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues put on love which binds them together in perfect unity. So these series of texts, as I said earlier, are wonderful in the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament letters, beautiful text. Ephesians 4, Ephesians 4, 1 to 16, Ephesians 4, 17, 13, fantastic. Uh, Ephesians 5 and Ephesians 6, just tremendous text. Uh, Ephesians comes before Philippians, six chapters, and we're basically reading the last half of it. He says in chapter 4, verse 1, I'll just read a couple of verses. As a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Read 4, 5, and 6. They're not hard to understand at all. They're very profound, very deep, very significant in terms of telling us how we should live our lives. So again, as we start the new year, this would be in um, January 2nd and 3rd and 4th. And fifth, this is a great way to begin the year with these scriptures. Great way to begin the year. Then we close with uh, Romans 15. Romans is after Acts. 
Romans 15, 7. Accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Verse 13. May the God of hope, this is a great scripture for the year. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and grace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. We look at the scriptures for the gospel. We have John 3, 31 to 36. Remember, we had John 3 last time, 16 to 21. Now we finish the great John 3, 31 to 36. He says, the father loves the son in verse 35 and has placed everything in his hands. It's all Jesus's folks. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Verse 36, whoever rejects the son will not see life for God's wrath remains on him. The son is the key to the whole thing. He's the key to the whole thing. You want eternal life as we begin this new year together? You want eternal life? It's in Christ. You want to have a great year? It's going to be in Christ. You want to have a bad year? Live outside of Christ. Not a wise thing to do. And so let's go through these great scriptures in John. You're going to enjoy these as we uh, continue the end, as we go through the end of the year and the beginning of a new year. In Luke chapter 2, 22 to 40, we have the words about Jesus uh, after he is born and his preparation for his circumcision, among other teachings there. So Luke chapter 2 is beautiful. Uh, John chapter 2, 1 through 11. Now, this is where Jesus begins his ministry. And so you'll see in the rest in this list, you'll see him changing water into wine in chapter 2. In chapter 4, he meets the woman at the well. And in 46 to 54, he is, dealing, he is healing the official son. So he meets the woman at the well in chapter 4, the beginning of chapter 4, and the end of chapter 4, he has this phenomenal miracle. Now, John doesn't record many miracles, but this is a great one at the end of chapter 4. In chapter 5, Jesus 5, 1 to 15, he's dealing with the person at the pool, uh, another amazing healing. Um, and this person is kind of obstinate and difficult, and so Jesus has some interesting words to say to him. Then we go back on the holy name, as you can see in this post. Remember we read last week the birth of Christ from Matthew's gospel, 1, 1, 18 to 25 again. So we come back to that scripture again. Remember the birth of Christ is in Luke chapter 2 and in Matthew chapter 1. Now we're back uh, at the second Sunday after Christmas on chapter 6 of John 41 to 47, which has to do with the bread of life. Look what he says in 40. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. So you get eternal life through the Son, and I will raise him up the last day. So he's going to raise us up, and we'll have a new body, and we will spend eternity with him. Chapter 6, um, we have chapter 6, 1 to 14, which is about Jesus feeding the 5,000. And then, as I said, chapter 6, 15 to 27, he's talking about himself being the bread of life. And chapter 9, we have Jesus' incredible miracle of the blind man. And in chapter 11, we have the incredible miracle of Lazarus. He raises Lazarus from the dead. Look at chapter 9, 1 through 12 and 35 to 38. Chapter 9, this 
fairly long chapter, but a very good chapter on the healing of the man born blind. But it doesn't, amazingly, it doesn't convince the um, Pharisees that he is uh, from the Lord. But I love verse 5 of chapter 9. While I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. So Jesus is the light that, that deals with the darkness. We see that in the prologue in John chapter 1. And then we have the healing of Lazarus, that is, he is raised from the dead. Remember I said that there were three instances in the New Testament where Jesus raises someone from the dead. This is one of them. This is one of them. Okay, Lazarus, come out, verse 43. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Well, look at these scriptures again on your post, and you'll see that we've gone from Micah to 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel, 1 Kings, quite a few scriptures from that uh, book, the history book, 1 Kings. And then we've looked at Joshua, another history book, Jonah, a prophetic book, Isaiah, a prophetic book. And then from John, uh, 1 John 4, 7 to 16, about loving one another, then Paul speaks to us from Colossians, John back again in 2nd and 3rd John, James, Jesus' half-brother, speaks, and then we've got a couple of scriptures from Revelation, and then back to Paul again for Colossians and Ephesians, and then we mostly stay in John, but there's scriptures in uh, Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 1 that have to do with the birth of Jesus and then after his birth. So, a lot to digest here from Genesis to Revelation in the last couple of weeks as we look at biblical history and what God is saying in terms and as it relates to the uh, incarnation of Christ. It's quite spectacular and quite amazing. And so in this first part of the church year, beginning with Advent, we prepare ourselves for the coming of the Lord. We look at all of those scriptures as we prepare for God's coming. And then afterwards, we begin to think about what that means in the context of Jesus' life and how it impacts ours. Next week, we'll begin with Epiphany and Following, which has to do with Jesus now showing himself to the world and how the people are going to respond to him. Have a wonderful new year. God bless you abundantly. We look forward to seeing you next time as we continue our journey through the scriptures. God bless you.